0: welcome in everyone happy to be with you it is big 12 bets a part of the heartland college sports network i'm jeff parles boy are we excited to bring you today's show week four in college football and the first full slate of conference games in the big 12 we are super excited to be with you, bringing it along. Yes, I know we had TCU-Houston last week. Boy, what a mistake. Now laying a lumber with the Horned Frogs against Houston, who just, the Cougars look like the worst team in the Big 12. And I'm still a little salty UTSA didn't get there in Week 1. But hey, Frank Harris forgot how football worked in that game against uh, the Cougs in that one. But let's, let's get into it, everyone. Let's get into it. FBS, FBS games here. We have a few non-con games left this weekend. SMU, TCU, and Sam Houston against Houston. We'll get to those games as we go through. As always, chronological order for these games. And let's start at Nippert Stadium. Big noon Saturday kickoff on Fox for Cincinnati in their Big 12 debut taking on the Sooners. We wrote this one up in the column. Cincinnati's getting 14 and a half, 57 and a half now. The total, as I record this a little bit later today on Wednesday, I, I will say this. Oklahoma has been absolutely and utterly dominant through the first three weeks of the season. They have looked great. 3-0, battering Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. 167-28. to Utter and complete domination of, by Brent Venable's squad through the non-con. All you could ask for if you wanted to see improvement over what the Sooners were a year ago, and for my Dylan Gabriel preseason bets, we're looking pretty good. We're looking pretty good so far through three weeks. Gabriel has been absolutely awesome. He was awesome a week ago, again, against Tulsa, in that big blowout win, Uh, technically a road game, but you saw the crowd. You know what it was. There at Tulsa. But now you get Cincinnati. So, Bearcats' first conference game coming off just a really horrible loss for Scott Satterfield and his, and his squad. And a week after a, a good, and look, Pitt may just be terrible as we learned in the backyard brawl against West Virginia, but a good road win against the team that Cincinnati was a seven point underdog against. Controlled all that game. Emory Jones played well enough. And to come home and flip around, and yes, Miami of Ohio is in the race to make the MAC championship game. They're not as good as Ohio, which we'll get to Iowa State a little later. But it's a game that, in the Luke Fickle era, Cincinnati would never have lost. It would have been ready to play. They wouldn't have, once they got that game to, over to overtime. They would have bared, bared down—no pun intended—and won that game at OT. Instead. Miami of Ohio averaged seven yards a play. And Cincinnati was lucky to get the game to overtime. And they lose at OT 31-24. Now, the concerns about Emory Jones are there. He was not good against Miami of Ohio. Oklahoma's defense is better than the Red Hawks' defense. Two interceptions, neither of them good. Cincinnati did run the ball well. And I would anticipate more of a, a reliance on the run game offensively for the Bearcats. And look, it's, for Oklahoma, you could argue between Cincinnati and SMU who's better. I think I think SMU's slightly better than Cincy. Not a lot better. But it's the first game in the Big 12. It's coming off an awful performance last week. It's a good bounce-back spot for Cincinnati with Oklahoma coming off just demolishing everything in their path of non-con. I'm getting over two touchdowns right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook. That is good enough for me. This is the best bet for the week. We'll take the 14 and a half with Cincinnati at home. And if Oklahoma blows the Bearcats out, so be it. Oklahoma may be really, really good this year. It's more than possible that this is back to the old school Big 12 in the final days for Texas and OU in the conference, where it's Oklahoma and Texas battling it out, not only in the Red River soon, but in Arlington in a Big 12 title game. More than possible that we get that matchup. Also at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. local in Fort Worth. TCU, SMU, very good performance a week ago from TCU. And, you know, I don't feel as badly about TCU's week one loss to Colorado because the Buffs may just genuinely be a good football team. TCU's laying six and a half here against SMU. SMU so far this year, of course, totally shut down by Oklahoma in a 28-11 loss in Norman. Honestly, SMU's defense played a lot better than I would have expected in that game, holding OU to five yards of play. Their other two games, they beat Prairie View 69 Rocky at last week. Who cares? Prairie is a bad FCS team. And they handle Louisiana Tech 38-14, covering that game. In a game where I don't think SMU played as well as the scoreboard indicated, that was a game Louisiana Tech should have covered all numbers, but Hank Bachmeyer and that offense just couldn't get out of its own way under any circumstance in uh, in Dallas for that one to get a Metroplex matchup here. This almost made the column for me, total 64 with TCU laying six and a half. I actually think SMU is going to get bet down to six in this game, and now will be the time that I come in and bet TCU. The Horned Frogs are just a better football team. Now, look, yes, he had the loss week one to Colorado. The offense was more than good enough to win that game against the Buffs. More than good enough. They put up 42. It was just their defense couldn't get a stop. The defense has been much better the last two weeks, yes. Beating Nichols State, 41-6 doesn't show much. And then last week, again, Houston, I think. I, I think there's a genuine chance that the Cougars are a two- or three-win football team this year. Genuine chance they go winless in the in the Big Twelve. They're that bad, and TCU was able to take advantage of that bad offense. Held them uh, to right around four yards a play. I if when we get to six here, I'm comfortable laying it with TCU. I don't mind the six and a half, but it is obviously a key number. Getting back to six, if it gets back to six, lay it with TCU against SMU. All right, Big 12 debut for BYU, coming off a really nice win in Fayetteville last week where I don't think BYU had their A game, but they found a way to get a win on the road against an SEC team, 38-31. Now they go to Kansas. Jayhawks 3-0, very unimpressive in a win last week in Reno. Nevada's one of the worst teams in the country, and Kansas had to, basically had to run the clock out. Only winning that game by seven, very lucky to get away. Not only they were 28 point favorites last week, of course, not even close to covering the game, but the, the Jax were lucky. That game was pretty even, all things considered. After Kansas, it looks like they were going to run them out of the building early in the game. So this was at nine earlier in the week. It's now back to eight and a half. Kansas laying it in Lawrence 54 and a half, the total now, Again, if you've listened to this podcast and li- and read the preseason article, I am very high on this Jayhawk team. They're still a great position to go over the six wins. Obviously, winning the Big Twelve title is still a huge ask, as we know. But I need to see more from that. i from on both sides of the ball. I thought their offense did what they needed to do last week, but they. I expected more. I expected more against a Nevada team that is terrible. And defensively, Nevada's quarterback was able to run last week. And Kansas had a problem stopping the quarterback run. And look, Kaden Slovis is not going to beat you with his legs. We know that. But going into a game where BYU is much more physical than Nevada is, I would say they're more physical than Illinois. Of course, Kansas handled Illinois very easily two weeks ago. But Kansas, if they give that sort of effort they gave against Nevada, BYU is going to walk out of Lawrence with their first Big Twelve win in an ups, upset outright. I would lean to taking the points with BYU. I would also lean to this game over. BYU, look, week one, we'll talk about Sam Houston later. Sam Houston just grinds it a hell out, and they have a really good defense. That's why the week one game was fourteen nothing. With the last two weeks, and yeah, BYU took advantage of turnovers a week ago. There were just about five yards of play against Arkansas, which is pretty average. But this does seem like a game where Kansas might be able to open up offensively. I think the total's too low as well. It would be a lean to BYU plus the points, and it would be a lean to the over 54.5. I do think Kansas finds a way to win this game to move the 4-0. But, man, I don't think they should be more than a touchdown in this game against BYU. All right, let's go to Texas Tech and West Virginia next. Another one of the best bets for the week. West Virginia last week, despite averaging under three and a half yards of play, won by double digits. <laughs> Just a testament to how awful Pitt was on offense a week ago. Garrett Green's status in question, dealing with the injury he suffered early in that game in the backyard brawl. Texas Tech, finally got, on the win, got in the win column, a blowout of Tarleton State. Honestly, a tough luck 0-2 for the Red Raiders. No reason to have blown that game to Wyoming. And look, until Shout threw the horrible pick six at the end that cost us the plus six, which is the worst loss we've had all year, Texas Tech was dead even with Oregon. And Oregon, to me, is a legitimate Pac-12 contender, which makes them a legitimate playoff contender this year. So... If West Virginia is going to stay in this game, Texas Tech is laying six totals, 55. West Virginia is going to have to rely on a defense that has looked quite good the last two weeks. They were overmatched against Penn State, but look, Penn State's one of the five five or six best teams in the country. I'm not going to hold it against them, and look, West Virginia should have covered that game. I also expect Texas Tech's defense to be much better than it was against Oregon. Now, look, Oregon's a great offense. Six yards a play, not too bad. When you look at that performance against Wyoming, and what made that game so disappointing was the lack of offensive adjustments. And yeah, game ended up going over. Texas Tech's defense only gave up four yards of play in that game. But they allowed Wyoming to hang around with that 17-0 lead that Texas Tech had early in the game. I expect this game to be a little more grinded out than people think. In past years, this easily would be in the low 60s total-wise. And the line being in the 50s for the total kind of tells you something here. Kind of tells you that neither of these offenses are really relied upon, or excuse me, at least West Virginia's offense is not relied upon. I still like the Red Raiders' offense long-term. I think this is a low, lower-scoring game. Something in the ballpark, a 31-20, 27 20 gets us there pretty easily as well or west virginia could get held to third to 10 to 10 points 31 10s also in play we're gonna go under 55 texas tech and west virginia i think the offenses will be good enough will be bad enough to get us under i should say instead of going for what i meant to say the defenses will be good enough to get us this under all right let's go to Ames next The two teams who had the two worst performances in the conference last week, Iowa State hosting Oklahoma State. This is a a three-and-a-half-point line, Cyclones favored, total 37 at some books, 36-and-a-half at others. If it wasn't for Oklahoma State's debacle, which we'll get to in a second, Iowa State's loss at Ohio was awful. Yeah, I know that they had the the food poisoning illness going through the team. I know that field goal was good as well, and the refs screwed that up. But Ohio scored 10 points, and you still lost the game on to, to a MAC team that, yes, I think Ohio is capable of winning that conference, but you held them to 10 points. You cannot lose that game if you're Iowa State. Matt Campbell had some really bad punt decisions and kick decisions last week. Fourth and one on the first good drive Iowa State had all day. He kicked the field goal. They missed. Iowa State punting multiple times in plus territory on fourth and short. Now, look, if you want to say Matt Campbell's not yet on the hot seat, okay. But with the way this season is going after last year's disappointment, and more importantly now, seeing in the NFL that Brock Purdy is a legitimate NFL starter and a uh, Brees Hall, when he is healthy, is one of the five best running backs in the NFL, and you had them both on your team for an extended period of time and you won nothing, With that good of a defense that the Clones had? Something's wrong with Matt Campbell. He's not the guy that we thought he was. And quite frankly for Campbell, he should have left when he could. No disrespect, Cyclone fans. Not a good enough job to hang around for the rest of your life. It just isn't. And that's basically the position Campbell's in at this point. For Oklahoma State, look, we've talked about it a few times now. When you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks is the old phrase. When you have three quarterbacks, you have absolutely no quarterbacks. And last week, look, South Alabama's a good football team. I think they're going to win the Sun Belt. But that game was never competitive. Never competitive. 23 nothing at halftime. A 33-7 beatdown at the hands of South Alabama. South Alabama didn't even really run the ball. As a running back, Webb, who dominated the game with 8.5 yards of carry. 6.5 yards of play for a South Alabama. Oklahoma State's offense was not good the week before, even a win against Arizona State. And we saw the warning signs against Central Arkansas as well. But Oklahoma State at 3.3 yards of play. All three quarterbacks were awful. And I don't know what direction Mike Gundy goes at quarterback. I don't think there is one. I don't think he has a single competent quarterback on his roster. And as ridiculous as it is, look, we got on Sanders a lot for not being any good. He's a lot better than any of these dudes that are there now. And look, it is a low, low total. 37, 36 and a half. This is one of those where you got to shop around, folks. 37 is important here. The extra half point is important. It gives you the out of 20 to 17, which I think is in play either direction. But both of these, look, Oklahoma State had a bad time stopping a run last week. Oklahoma State's defense would be better this week than they were last week. And Iowa State's defense, there are no questions about the Cyclones' defense. That is a really good defense. And you anticipate that Iowa State will be able to stay in games and maybe steal a game or two in the Big 12 that they'll be an underdog in because of that defense. So we're going under 37, under 36 and a half. I Again, get to 37, but 36 and a half still should be good with Oklahoma State and Iowa State. what should be an unwatchable football game in Ames. All right, let's go to Houston, Sam Houston. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this game. The Cougars stink. They are the worst team in the Big 12 by a wide margin. And for Dana Holgerson, who has talked a lot of smack in his coaching career, I don't care that you went up in competition. If it wasn't for Clayton Toon last year, that team's an under 500 team. Clayton Toon was a very good college quarterback. And now they don't have any quarterback who's any good. And last week, they were run out by TCU. The week before, they lost to Rice. Week one, the only reason they won week one was because, again, Harris and UTSA forgot how offense worked. This is a bad football team that is going to be lucky to win a conference game. Now they are lucky that they play a non-con this week. Sam Houston, of course, first year in FBS. Sam Houston has played two competitive games so far, but they only have three points in two games. It's 27 to three in those two games. 13-3 against Air Force, 14-0 against BYU. Now, 38 is a very low total again. I did not put this in the best bets. This was nearly ridden up in the best bets. I don't mind this under 38. Sam Houston's defense is going to be able to slow down the Cougs' defense. Offense, I should say. It's just a matter of will the Cougars' defense be up for the task against a mediocre to bad offense. And if they are, I don't know how this game gets out of the 20s. I think this is most case scenario, 21-7. I don't want to take the points with Sam Houston it got bet off a key number. 12, I don't mind it if you want to take the Bearcats of Sam Houston. But I like under better at 38. Houston, again, I'm very disappointed in the Cougars. I didn't expect much from them this year, but they are a bad football team. All right, let's go to Waco next. Baylor, Texas. Texas did struggle for a while against Wyoming. They end up winning by three touchdowns. The 30, 29, whatever number you got, all good on the Cowboys a week ago in Austin. Now to go to Waco for the conference opener. You know, Baylor Baylor was not overly impressive against I- L- LIU last week. I would have hoped for more than what they did. A 30-7 to win. Only five yards to play against LIU. Again, Robertson struggling again. We still won't see shaping yet. And that's why you see this bloated number. It's 15. It's 51 and a half. I don't have any position on this game. All I'm going to say is, look, for Texas, Texas can withstand one loss to make the college football playoff now. With the win over Alabama, they can withstand the loss, whether it comes in the regular season or it comes in the, uh, in the Big 12 title game at Arlington. But you can't be dropping a game like this. You have to put the throttle down and you have to beat up on a Baylor team that is not the team we thought they were because of injury. And maybe because that defense isn't quite as good as we thought. No play for me, but I want to see Texas be that top five team they're ranked as right now and demolish Baylor. But not enough for me to lay the 15 points. All right, last one. Let's go. K-State, uh, Central Florida. Really good game to cap off your night at 8 o'clock Eastern time. K-State losing at the gun in Missouri last week, the 61-yard field goal by Harrison Bevis. And what was a really competitive back-and-forth game between two teams that I think are perfectly in about the 20 to 30 range in the country for teams. Central Florida has been really good against mediocre opponents so far. Central Florida, of course, demolished Kent State week one. They beat FCS Villanova, sorry, Pete Mundo, uh, 48-14 last week. They struggled against Boise, though. They went up to the blue turf. They only won that game by two. Now, this line has come down. There's even four and a halves in the market now, even a four. Kansas State has some key injuries in this game defensively, and Will Howard is also banged up a little bit. This is a pretty brutal spot for Central Florida to open your conference play. Cincinnati was the only way. Again, all, all these teams, the, new, the newbies, kind of brutal spots, except for Houston at the easiest of them all, but they did not take advantage of it last week. I mean, Central Florida having to go to Manhattan, BYU going to Lawrence against a good Kansas team, Cincinnati gets Oklahoma at home, all pretty brutal spots to open up your involvement in the Big 12. I am going to stay out of this because I am concerned about the health of Kansas State. I do think the Wildcats are the better team. If this dips into the three and a half range like last week, and yes, I know Missouri won the game outright, I would look to lay with Kansas State. This is also a good in-game opportunity as well, where if K-State looks healthy, but they're struggling to score, you take a shot on K-State. And also a coaching advantage. here. are climbing over Malzahn. Absolutely rather have climbing in this one. Good game, though. Looking forward to that one. The nightcap in Manhattan, 7 o'clock local time at K-State. Good debut for the Central Florida Knights. All right, that's all the time we have here today. Those are all the games in the Big 12. This has been Big 12 Bets. I'm Jeff Parles. Of course, this is a part of the Heartland College Sports Network. Make sure you stay tuned, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We're back every Wednesday moving forward. Also, the column up up every Wednesday morning for the best bets in the Big 12. Also, the bonus bets on the article only, an article exclusive. So, make sure to go check it out at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll see you next time here on Big 12 Bets.